This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on what is obviously a very busy week. We have uh, plenty to do with the Rangers. We still have some work to do for the uh, Knicks. We obviously have the NFL draft and everything going on in baseball. And on top of that, we finally, after all these uh, weeks and what seems like an interminable period of time, uh, we have a resolution. Rogers is finally a jet, and we have a deal. And everyone wants to run to evaluate who won the deal. Of course, both teams were in locked-in positions. They had no other place to go. The Packers wanted to dump what was, in essence, $108 million over the next two years, and they wanted to move on as a franchise. And the Jets wanted to bring a talent, and not just a talent, a great talent to the quarterback position where they had no player. So everyone wants to see and evaluate. And I'll tell you, I don't think after looking at it, It's that bad. I think the Packers got what they wanted, which is, in essence, a number one pick for Rodgers in 2024. The Jets did not want to not have a pick in this draft in the first round, so they slide down two picks. They can live with that. I hope they use it on the Notre Dame tight end. I would love to see him be part of this. I think he's going to be a tremendous three-down tight end and a star in the NFL. I hope at 15, I think he'll be available because he didn't run great in the 40, which people spend way too much time worrying about. This guy has everything else. He's going to be a star in the league. I hope that he's the pick. So what we get from the Packers is Rodgers, the 15th pick, and the fifth rounder, the 170th pick, go to the Jets. The Jets give up the 13. They get back to 15. They give up number 42, the second-round pick this year. They give up the 207th pick, the sixth round, and then the conditional pick next year, which is a two, and is a one if Rodgers plays 12 games, plays 65% of the Jet snaps. Uh, He will do that. Uh, Barring something crazy, a, a severe injury, he will do that. The Packers will get a one. Next year. So, from their standpoint, they saved face. They can look at their fan base and said, Hey, we did well. Fine. The Jets cannot be unhappy. Now, did a lot of people want them to tie the conditional pick to a, a playoff victory or some substantial performance level? Okay, they didn't do that. Now it's up to them to make sure he performs at that level. He is not a good player. He is a great player that I still believe when, when put around players who accentuate what he is rather than detract from what he is, which is what we saw last year. 
he can still be the MVP quarterback and one of the great quarterbacks of all time. This Jet team now isn't just a playoff contender. It is, a, in my mind, a Super Bowl contender. I think this trade is a home run for the Jets because when you can bring that type of player into your team, I don't care that you paid for him. He changes everything. The Jets now matter. The Jets now are a prime time must-watch team. They become a team you circle as you put the TV schedule together. He will be everywhere. For those who care, he'll be wearing number eight, not 12. Who cares? I don't care what number. I don't care if he wears zero. I don't care if he wore minus three. Who cares what number he wears? What you care about is what he can produce, which is a quarterback who can play above the level of almost every quarterback who has ever played the game. Underline that. This is one of the great quarterback talents of all time. This is not a regular player. This is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all-time great. Is he a strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. You now have a quarterback who strikes fear into the opponents. You now have a quarterback who does magical things, who brings teams from behind, who does everything a quarterback can do. And I still think there's life off a bad year. And he had a bad year. For him, he had a really bad year. He has been a brilliant performer. I mean, think about it. You could make the case he's the greatest Packer of all time, and that says a lot because it's hard to put people above Bart Starr. I'm not even sure you would because Barstar won all those championships, so you probably wouldn't even put him above Rodgers above Star because of what Star meant to the franchise. But the bottom line is this is a four-time MVP. This is as good a player at this critical position as we have seen in a generation. And I think there's life in the old boy yet. So do I care that they gave up a conditional two that becomes a one? No. Do I care that they swapped 13 and 15? No. If I'm a Jet fan, I'm now thinking, hey, am I going to the playoffs? Yes. Can I win the division? Yes. Can I go all the way? And you know what the answer is? Yes. They are that kind of contender. They have a great defense. They have personnel. I would love to see them take that 15th pick and draft the Notre Dame tight end. I would love to see it. I think he would be a perfect complement to this offense with Wilson and hopefully a healthy Hall leading the way on offense. 
they can be a dynamic team. The offensive line has to improve. It'll get better just by having this kind of dynamic leader at the quarterback position. Now, he has to come here and own this job. He has to come here and be the leader and the player that a quarterback has to be. It's not just him coming here and playing. He has to come here and make everybody better. He has to also teach these guys how to win. They don't know how to win. They don't know what it means to produce in big spots, in critical spots. He needs to do that. He hasn't been the greatest postseason performer, let's be honest. He's been an incredible regular season performer. But if I'm the Jets today, am I happy? I'm ecstatic. And you want to take this trade and measure whether the Jets should have held out and made it tougher on the conditional pick, or they should have done this, or they should have done that. They just got Aaron Rodgers. They just changed their whole being. And very rarely in sports do you, as a team, get to change who you are. The Jets have completely been rebuilt. They had talent. Douglas has put talent together with some very good drafting. A couple of mistakes along the way. But he has put a good defense on the field. I worry about two things with the Jets. One, I worry a lot about their coaching. I don't think they're very strong in the coaching area. They have to get much better in terms of offensive coaching, in terms of sideline communication, in terms of sideline leadership, time management, all that stuff. They have to be much better. And I still worry about the offensive line. It has to be better. It has to be tighter. It has to be more cohesive. It has to learn to be a unit. And that is hard to do, but it's imperative if you're going to get everything you want out of this quarterback. But if you're a Jet fan, look past the fact, I didn't want to give up this, or I should have held out and I held the Packers' feet to the fire for this. They were in a worse position than we were. The bottom line is, you just got Aaron Rodgers. You just went from what you had at quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Let that sink in. Your quarterback now is Aaron Rodgers. With a defense that can be as good or better as any defense in this league. And with some offensive players that can move dramatically forward being teamed with Rodgers. I'm thrilled about this. The Jets matter. And they matter in a big way. The fact that if you can trade for that, you do it. And most times, When you make the trade for the great player, you win the trade. And I think when you look back, the Jets will win this one. That's where this is going to be won. It's going to be won when Rodgers puts your team in the end zone. 
It's going to be one when he takes your team to the playoffs. And it's going to be really one if he takes your team all the way. And that's what you're dreaming about today because if you're not, then what are you thinking about? Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, emails. Remember, Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. Let's see what's on your mind right now. Um, Nick starts us. It was inevitable the players, especially in the NFL, with salaries are generally lower than other sports. That's not completely true. Uh, would have problems with betting. Uh, I expect more problems in all sports. Listen, players are going to have to understand this does not look reasonable it looks like they should say hey let the players bet you cannot this is a this is why all professional sports grabbing this betting money with both hands as they all are embracing it endorsing it promoting it and then telling their players don't you dare go near it is a very hard thing to sell but understand it has to be that way if the players are thought or the officials or the in the game are thought that they are allowed to place wages on the game you lose all credibility in terms of judgment it's bad enough i've lived with fans yelling for years that games are fixed even before people could bet as easily as they can now if you take away the integrity of the sport, if you take away the idea that the game is on the level by the people who are participating in it, you are dead. There's no sport anymore. That cannot be dismissed. And it cannot be loosened. It cannot be lessened. There's nothing that can happen there that will work. You can't say the players can do this or they can bet in the offseason. You have to keep the players, while they are active players, away from it. Now, are you going to stop a guy from telling his brother-in-law, hey, listen, I like us tonight? No, you can't stop that. But he doesn't know that. Listen, I've been around coaches all my life. They are the worst handicappers in the world. I have sat with coaches the night before the game who told me we can't lose tomorrow and see their team get killed. I have been around teams where coaches have told me, oh, we're in big trouble tomorrow, and they play the greatest game I've ever seen. Nobody knows. They don't know if they're going to win or lose. They never know exactly. There are times. Now, have I ever been around them when they said, hey, we're going to win tomorrow? Yes. Most of the times they were big underdogs or pretty significant underdogs when they said that. And they thought they matched up great with the team. I have been around that. But it's not automatic. They don't know. You still have to play the game. The ball still bounces funny. You get a pick here. You get a tip there. You get a bad call here. It changes everything. Hey, if I go back to this year's Super Bowl and I change two plays, Philly wins. And you can say that about a lot of games. I could go to last night's Lakers-Memphis game. I changed one play. The game's a different game. But you cannot say we have to allow the players some latitude, some permissiveness in terms of wagering. It can't work. There's no scenario that allows the players to gamble 
and not have the sport be damaged to its core. And that's why they have to deal with it the way they do. Joey emails, Pete Alonso was off to another great start with the bat. How much would it benefit the Mets to have another 40 home run type player instead of relying on Pete for pop? Well, Lindor gives them very good RBI presence and pretty good pop. He's going to hit 20 to 25 home runs, maybe even more than 25 on a big year. He's going to knock in 100 runs. Um, Alonzo is a slugger. Let's be honest. I don't know who said it first. I know I didn't, but I agree with it 100%, and I endorsed it the first time I heard it. He's Harmon Killebrew. And if you went back and and knew who Harmon Killebrew was, Harmon Killebrew was as prolific a home run hitter as we ever saw. He wasn't the best fielder. He was not the best athlete. He didn't run fast. He was strong as a bull, and he was a great clutch hitter, and he was a great power hitter from the right side. And that is exactly what Alonzo is. Alonzo is a great power hitter. He isn't a good power hitter. He is a prolific power hitter. He is an absolute dyed-in-the-wool slugger. That's what he is. Case closed. That's all he is. He is a slugger. And let's be honest. uh, He does it as well as anybody in the sport. He is just a flat home run hitter. I mean, now, the Mets' problem is they need better offense. So do the Yankees. Yankee lineup is terrible. They need somebody else to produce. But they don't need another 40 home run guy. They need another good bat. They need another good, very durable RBI bat. If the guy gives you 20 homers, fine. The problem is the Mets have two guys who hit home runs, Lonzo and Lindor. That's it. That is it. Escobar could hit home runs in the old days. I don't know if he's going to hit home runs anymore. I don't think he is. But they don't have a guy who has more than two. And they have Lindor who has four, and they have Alonzo who already has ten home runs. I mean, that's who they are. That's why I have said many times the problem with the Mets is they can't perform when Alonzo and Lindor don't hit. The Yankees, they have Judge, they have Stanton, they have Rizzo, okay? They have Cordero, they have Torres. Those guys are all legitimate home run hitters. Cordero's a home run hitter. Torres is a legitimate home run hitter. And Rizzo is a classic home run hitter. I mean, that's what he is. He's going to hit 30 home runs. And, you know, Stanton is a, and, and Judge are premier sluggers. So they have far more balance in the home run. But you see what a team like now, they are off to an insane start. But you see what a team like Tampa has done. Now, Tampa has set records this year. 
but they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys who have three or more homers, eight guys who have four or more homers. That means there's home runs up and down the entire lineup. They've hit home runs in something like all but one game this year. I think they hit home runs in their first 21 games, which I think is an all-time record. They had the most homers for the first 20 games of anybody in baseball history. I mean, they've set records with these home runs. So do the Mets need another good bat? Yes, they do. Uh, Kevin emails, why does Barrett bother taking threes? He's devastating going to the basket. Because you don't want to take the three as a weapon out of any player's arsenal unless you really have to. Now, an example, okay? Jimmy Butler, who last night put on one of the great games. He scored 56 points. He made 19 baskets. He made three threes. He's not a real classic three-point shooter. He'll, he'll take a three. But he's not a great, he's not a great three-point shooter. I mean, he's a 35% three-point shooter. He shoots 50%, he's 53% from the floor. He's 35% from three. He can make a three. He's not going to kill you from three. But there are guys who are going to make a lot of baskets from three. That's just the way it is. But the bottom line is he's not going to do that. You know, LeBron last night, he, made, he was one for seven from three. He was seven and 11 from the floor, one for seven from three. He was seven for 11 from the floor, one for seven from three. He also had 20 rebounds last night. So you don't want to take it out of his game, but you understand that it isn't a strength. And yes, the other day he had a terrific game going to the basket and he gets to his left hand very well. I mean, he gets to his left hand extremely well and he's done very well. And Barrett was... I thought the two heroes of the game on Sunday were Thibodeau for his move on Randall and Barrett. Barrett kept the Knicks alive when they were about to go under in the third quarter. He kept them alive. He did a great job in that game. He really did. And his game three, I was at game three, he played well. Game four, he saved the game. Daniel emails, big concern about the NFL Sunday tickets this fall. At the moment, YouTube is only allowing two streams for Sunday ticket package. Uh, I have multiple TV set, uh, set up in the basement. Two streams would be a significant downgrade, especially since the price is about the same. Um, I have not delved into this yet. Let me look into it. I have not delved into how Google and YouTube are going to distribute this product. So let me do that, and I will comment on it. I have not done that, so I apologize. Um, And what restrictions they put on, but they shouldn't put any restrictions on how you view the games. They can charge you, but they shouldn't put any restriction on it. Because the NFL Sunday ticket, 
and what they have put in your house. I've, you've heard me say many times if you go back on the fan with me, it was the greatest invention since fire or the wheel. Having that in your house. And then people got all caught up on the Red Zone channel, okay, which that's a fantasy deal. I am not a – I don't mind the Red Zone channel. And I told you before, I would have loved to host the Red Zone channel uh, because I would do a great job at handling that in the fourth quarter or in the witching hour. I mean, I'm sure they don't even know what the witching hour is, but the witching hour from 3 o'clock until the final, final moments of the 1 o'clock games, that's the witching hour. What? Well, I've, I've always told people through the years, at 3 o'clock, take a pad and write down the scores of all the games and then write down the final scores and see how much things change from 3 to 4.15. That's why many years ago I called that the witching hour. Kevin in Boston, I was curious about your thoughts on Fox News cutting ties with Tucker Carlson despite him being a ratings juggernaut. I have not been watching a lot of political stuff. I've never really been a Tucker Carlson fan, to be honest with you. Um, he He had good numbers. Uh... He got caught up a little bit in this Dominion thing. This Dominion thing was a black eye for Fox. They can say it wasn't, but it was. You think they liked paying $860 million, whatever the final number was? Somewhere around 800 and change. And that's not counting their legal fees. Um, so they got hit for a billion bucks here. And they had to apologize. And they admitted that they lied. They lied. Which everybody knew they were lying. Anyone who told you the election wasn't on the level was lying. And even the people who tried to keep pushing forth a scenario that there was all this corruption in the election, there wasn't. And they could never even walk into court. They went to court 60-something times and never once put forth one shred of real evidence. That's why Fox had to pay a lot of money. You settle out of court and pay the guy, uh, other guy $800 million, you know what, and, and admit you're mea copas, some heads are going to roll. How do you think the Yankees are looking at the Galabatoras right now? Are they hoping he produces to move him, uh, or they want him to be a Yankee in the future? Listen, when he got off to the hot start before he, got, before he cooled off dramatically, and he has cooled off dramatically, um, I told you I wouldn't be surprised if they moved him. I, I think he is the odd man out. I don't think they have any intention of signing him. Is he a good player? Yes. Is he the player that they had hoped for? Probably not. But he thinks about him to be fair. He plays a good second base. Number two, he's a good clutch hitter. He's good late in the game when he's up. In the ninth inning or the tenth inning in a big spot, he produces. Always has. He's not a bad baseball player, but I don't think he plays into their plans, no. I don't think he does. But here's the thing. The Yankee lineup has no depth to it. The Yankee lineup used to be great because it had depth. This lineup has no depth. I've been saying that for years. I don't like the team the Yankees have built for so long, I can't tell you. I love Rizzo. I keep saying the same thing because I love Rizzo. He's a Yankee. 
And if you notice, who's their most consistent hitter right now? Well, you know, Judge is a great player. No one's taking that away from him. But Rizzo is off to a great start. Um, should the Yankees sign Bumgarner, Bumgarner to a minimum? What are you going to lose? I, I would do it. Who knows? Sometimes these guys wake up and give you six or seven good starts in a season. So you know what? If you get anything out of them, God bless you. Yankees put, are putting some bad starting pitches on the mound. They have gotten off to a, Cole's gotten off to a wonderful start. Okay? He's gotten off to a, I, I, you know, you guys know I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest Cole supporter. I don't love Cole. But I have to be fair. He has pitched great this year. I mean, there's no way around it. And Cortez has done what you expect him to do. Uh, he goes tonight against the Twins, and he's in a good pitching matchup. But, you know, he's 3-0, and and he's done a good job. His whip is 1.03. He's, done, he's pitched well. But right now they're 1-2 and hope for the best. And they obviously need more than that. But, again, there's plenty of time for that. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not very worried. The Mets came through that West Coast swing incredibly well. Would have been nice if they won the last game against the Giants, but even without that, they had a great, great trip. That's the longest trip of the year. I understand it started in Oakland, and Oakland handed them two one-run wins. I understand that. And Oakland's 5-18. and 18. They beat the Angels last night. Um, and Kansas City's 5-18. and 18. And there's a lot of teams with bad records. But... Um, they just went on the longest road trip of the year, went to the West Coast, and came back in good shape. That was a very big performance for them on that trip. Now, they need to improve in some areas. They got a lot of things they need to fix, but they have the ability to fix it. So do the Yankees. Uh, Mike, how long do you think Liv sticks around? In my opinion, there's no interest. I think golf is hurting itself dramatically. I use me, and I've mentioned this to the golf guys. I said, guys, use me as an example. I love golf. I love watching golf. I am not watching the PGA Tour except in big tournaments like I used to. I miss the players who are not there. But I'll tell you this, I have not watched one second of live golf since it has started. Not one frame. And that's bad for them. I have not watched one frame. They need to fix this. They can be adamant, and they're adamant. When I said to them, hey, look what Phil did, they're like, oh, Phil couldn't do that anywhere except Augusta. Wait a second. You don't know that. The guy shot 31 on Sunday, and let's be honest, they didn't cover it like they normally would. If they say they did, they're not telling the truth. They, of course, they're not going to admit it, but they, did, they didn't cover it. If he had been in, regular, in a regular Masters Sunday and Phil was tearing up the back nine like that, it would have been covered brilliantly by Jim Nance. They didn't cover it. That's the bottom line. We know they weren't going to throw great, a great spotlight unless they had to. When Kepka's winning the tournament, they have no choice. But I don't think it's helping anybody. 
I don't think it's helping the live guys, and I don't think it's helping the PGA Tour, and I think it's hurting both. So I do think, I do think, and I do hope that they put this thing back together where it belongs. Absolutely put it back together. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we're going to have a busy week this week, obviously, with all the draft stuff coming up on Thursday. Uh, we'll have a post-Nick game number five podcast. We'll have a draft preview podcast for Thursday. And obviously, we'll be with you all through this very, very busy weekend. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.